0: Ever want to know what really goes on behind the scenes of a news station? Today we investigate Raw Fusion. Welcome to the King Bees Raw Fusion podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been a long time. I should have left you without a strong show to flip to. Now think of how many weeks shows you slept through. Uh, time's up. I'm about to bless you with another season. Another reason to cut on the Rock TV and start the cheesing. To get up on the phone and go call your friends and let them know the King B's Raw Fusion began to sit on battle. And enjoy yourself. I'll be your company, baby. If you need a little help, I took off for a while to revise the plan. Got my focus on so I can check out the scam and open up my team. Eliminate the fake. And got me a beat from Bobby Drake And now I'm back, and it's better than you ever saw But enough talk, let's get wrong. A typical
1: night at the
0: club. Let's get wrong.
1: You don't want to fall
0: in love Let's get raw And got the fusion in your blood Let's get raw And to my ladies and my thugs
1: Let's get
0: raw And to the haters on the scene Let's get wrong. Don't be mad cause we got
1: green Let's get wrong. You
0: should be trying to make the team
1: Let's get wrong.
0: Cause we taking everything Let's get wrong. Raw Fusion. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest with us today. A celebrity to a lot of people, if you're in the Minnesota area, should be a national celebrity. I mean, she's just that good, but we're gonna get there. Uh, her name is Georgia Fort, and she's on Raw Fusion. Welcome to Raw Fusion.
1: Hey! you like celebrity i don't know if i say all that but i'll
0: take it well yeah i mean you've done radio and television a news anchor well, come on you're a celebrity they own it
1: you know i just feel like i have worked with so many people in my career who have these huge egos and you know they can be rude uh they can be uh, disrespectful and so i just told myself early on my in my career that i wasn't going to operate in that capacity. So I just try to be humble. That's all. With
0: me, it's kind of the same way. I wanted to be the type of person that uh, could be an asshole, but wasn't. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, you know, just still be a good person. Although I have called myself an asshole when doing work, because my thing is if you're not here to work, then you shouldn't be here. You know, uh, when it comes to the business, I am kind of um, one of those. That, uh Yeah, one of those, you know, look, Michael Jordan. I didn't know he was so much of an asshole. <laughs> I mean, on the court, but in order to achieve greatness, sometimes you have to be a hard taskmaster. You know, it's, it's just no way around it sometimes. So let's tell everyone why you are a celebrity. Um, you are on radio for a very long time right that's correct and you had your own show and that went so well that you eventually became a news anchor I didn't even see that coming we became friends when you were on radio uh we talked a lot and I was doing film and I you know we talked about you know your goals and aspirations I don't think once we said news anchor how did that come about
1: no. Yeah, the plan was not to be a news anchor, but the plan was to transition into television. And so taking mm-hmm. the role of news anchor was a way to do so. Uh, I worked in mm-hmm. broadcast radio for probably about seven years, uh, old school R&B, and then transitioned into hip hop radio when I moved to Columbus, Georgia. And it was there, I think I just got really burnt out from all of the entertainment gossip. And, you know, as I was getting older and being a mother and a, sing- a single mother at the time, you know, I just wanted more substance in my work. And suddenly being a reporter, something that felt really stuffy before and too serious, uh, all of a sudden it started becoming attractive to me. And because I had... um always done more than just radio i you know mm-hmm. had been modeling i was also um a, a tv personality for a couple of different companies in their their marketing campaigns i had also um landed uh entertainment segment on the news so i was on the news every friday at 5 30 and was working part-time actually at a public access television station and so i think all of those things Mm -hmm. combined helped me uh, be able to transition into news and i mean if you think back to those early days like when we first met i was doing a lot of on-camera interviews with celebrities at that time and uh I was doing a lot of my own production and directing and editing. And so along the way, I had accumulated the skill set uh that's required uh to be a reporter. And so the the transition was was pretty seamless, uh, but it, it definitely, you know, total different vibe, total different personality. And like yourself, I think a lot of folks who used to listen to me, especially when I was in hip hop radio, uh, got to see a a totally different side of me and got to see how versatile, uh, you know, that I am. Uh, but you know, I think back, you know, when you were doing film, I uh, was also trying to get my actor reel together. I just wasn't 100 percent sure what I wanted to do, so I was trying a lot of different things and trying to figure it out. But having that right. acting background and training makes it really easy to kind of get into character, so to say.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I know I know some <laughs> news personalities here. And, uh, at <laughs> well, let me say I partied with some of them. Mm-hmm. Ooh, they would not. <laughs> if there were cameras going on then, ooh wee. And not as stuffy as you think they are. Although they have to be for TV. Uh, I know some. I know some. I, <laughs> they can cut loose. I tell you that. Oh, yeah. You know. And you definitely. And I've been telling you. I mean, you know it. You have to. You definitely have a face for TV. You know. I've known some other radio personalities that whoo no. <laughs> you meet them and it's like hmm. Yeah, you should definitely do radio. <laughs> oh, that's but not I've nice. seen a change. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but it's true. Uh. It's not nice, but it's true, and that, that goes back to the asshole part. You know, we have to be realistic. Um, sex sells, and um, if you're not, if you, if you're not really um, in the uh, social accepted norm of beauty, you're not going to be successful in in TV most of the time. Um, uh, and that's unfortunate. But then I think the responsibility lands on the people just as much as as um, as us in the business. Because if you turn off the TV because the person isn't pleasant to look at, who's responsible? You know what I mean? It's just reality. That's true. So you know, I, I talk all the time about you know, okay, we can complain about the rap music, the movies. You know, I did a mafia film, a gangster movie. I did two. It was my most successful movie. I did a love story. A comedy, you know what they wanted. They wanted the gangster movie, of course. So it's like, so it's like, you know, if you if you want to uh, ridicule us on this side, um, that's fine. And certainly, a lot of the things that we do, and I'm including myself, you know, I've gone back and forth. Should I be putting this out, you know? But at the same time, you have a responsibility as a consumer as well, because if you don't buy it, we don't make it. You know, some of the things we do out of passion. But a lot of the things we do just be, is simply because it's gonna sell, you know? And it's a uh, if you don't like it, don't buy it's business. If you don't like it, don't buy it. You know what I mean? And you can Or stop watch a lot it of the stuff or click on.
1: on it or share exactly.
0: it. <laughs> exactly. <sighs> I digress. Anyway, it is a beautiful thing that you have the background that you do. I know we were talking about I tried, ladies and gentlemen. I tried very hard to get her to come to Chicago. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I wanted you to move. Yeah. I still think that would be the better move.
1: Well, I've um, I've been in Chicago. I have family. My my grandmother owned a home for fifty years in Kankakee. Uh my daughter's mm-hmm. family's from Chicago Heights, uh Markham, uh-huh. Harvey area. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, and my husband now I'm married and he is from Chicago so I mean it's you know just a couple hours but if there was no there was n- never like a substantial you know job that that drew me there and so I just couldn't justify just going to Chicago to, to chase a dream and the weather's not even better it's just as cold.
0: It's just as cold but I will say in defense again you know a lot of people well not a lot but a substantial amount of people have come here to this market and have gone on national. Yeah, I think you're better. I, I, you know, I just really, you know, I, I, I actually uh, support you. You know, I'm not one of those fake people. If I like you and I support you, I really do support you. And you know, but who Lester Holt was was an uh, mm-hmm. anchor here for a while. As far as radio is concerned, where we're talking about Tom Joiner and and um, rest in peace, Doug Banks. I mean, it's a springboard, and <laughs> I, I. I'm willing to bet you with you, your personality, sorry, your looks, you would be national couple years. Couple years, you know. You you'd be on the accelerated track. I just believe in you that much. I'm sorry. Well,
1: I appreciate that. And I'm back in the Midwest now, so you know, maybe there's some possibilities that I can make some road trips. I definitely have been leaning into uh, a couple of different uh, post boards that have opportunities I've seen come up in Chicago uh, for Vox and Vice and other online platforms like that. So I definitely have thought about putting uh, some, you know, effort into getting out there and covering some stories uh, independently. But in terms of like full-fledged moving. We grown, grown. <laughs> I need a job.
0: job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, so it's a different. Yeah, you got kids. Yeah, the sacrifices you can make when you are, you know, in college, fresh out of college, and then you know, ten years post college. It's just a different thought process. So, I, I mean, I love Chicago. I enjoy myself every time that I travel there, and. You know, it's a, a hop, skip, and a jump. So, if if it makes sense, why not?
0: Yeah, I understand, you know, but I'm still gonna... <laughs> I get you, I know you're making the right moves, but...
1: Show me the coins, to... <laughs> show me the coins, and I'll come. <laughs>
0: I, am, I am not mad at you, that's why I said about this this podcast, I'm like, yeah, you know, they're like, well, you know, they also do podcasts on, on, on video, and you can put it on YouTube. Hey. Show me the money right now. I'm not getting paid for this shit. So, you want me to get cute and all that kind of stuff? Eh, it comes with a price. Yeah, I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> yes, I know that price.
0: All right now, I'm interested in what you're doing. Now, I see you running around with the camera. What? What is this? What are you doing? What is it? <laughs> It's what's 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 going on what the what the heck is this so, <laughs> no i've seen it but i want you to tell the people
1: well it's interesting because this is what i was doing when mm-hmm. i was a reporter but people didn't know that so my mm-hmm. official title uh, when i was a news reporter was actually multimedia journalist which is just ah. a dumb fancy name for a reporter with their own camera and so for what four or five years i clocked in 9 a.m., went to my editorial meeting, got my assignment, and I hit the pavement. And so it was my responsibility to book my interview or interviews, uh, drive to them, film them, get whatever B-roll or supplemental media I needed for my report, come back, edit it, write it, put it in the system, grab all the live gear, go wherever my live shot was gonna be, set up all the live equipment go live by five and typically you're live at like 5 thirty six. you know the news just repeats itself over and over every 30 minutes and right. and then uh when i was done with that come back and transform my script uh that i had written for television into a ap web style version that i would then post on the web and share the social media. So basically Mm -hmm. you're from A to Z, you're packaging a story entirely like by yourself. And so when I entered into this space, uh, which I kind of got pushed into, it wasn't like, I really wanted to leave news. Uh, I was working Mm -hmm. in a a really rural market. So there was only one or 2% African-American, but I still felt compelled to you know, dig deep into that community, that small percentage mm-hmm. and find our stories. And so I ended up getting uh, terminated two weeks after my story with the uh, Duluth police chief aired. He went on camera, he did a, a one-on-one sit down interview with me on camera for the first time talking about his family's role in the Duluth lynchings And so it was actually his great aunt who had falsely accused these black circus workers of rape. And in turn, it incited this huge mob to break into the jail, you know, get these guys out of the jail and lynch them in downtown Duluth. And so for me, I just thought, you know, this was during the time when the Philando Castile verdict came out and officer Euronimo Yanez was found not guilty. And so, you know, clearly at that time in Minnesota, there were and, and obviously it's escalated. Uh, since George Floyd was murdered. But at that time, you know, it was kind of like boiling. And we knew that there were tensions between police and communities of color. And so this story was extremely relevant at the time, uh, but a very problematic to be a Black person in a community where the police chief is a direct descendant of someone who incited lynchings. You know, and uh, so, yeah, so I did that story two weeks later. My ass was fired <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they told me it was because um, I wasn't eligible for a maternity leave, uh, which was actually true. Um, they found, you know, a loophole and. Uh, My husband and I, we we were recently married. We're expecting I gave birth 11 months and two weeks into my contract in order to be eligible for maternity leave under federal law. You have had to work for a company for 12 months. So despite being nominated for an Emmy and all of the ratings on every newscast that I anchored and produced they Mm -hmm. didn't find a way to preserve my job and figure out a way to cover those two weeks so they let me go so i don't you know i don't really think that it was fully because of uh, me not being eligible for maternity leave i definitely feel like it was retaliation for the type of stories that i wanted to tell and uh since after i got pushed out uh, i i kind of kept in touch with people there and there was a couple other people of color who were pushed out as well and so Mm -hmm. i didn't want to give up all that i had learned i and i tried to get hired at the mainstream media stations in my hometown uh, because i was working uh, two hours north of my hometown so i came back to the cities and uh, across the board you know it's just there's a lot of systematic racism in minnesota And before George Floyd was murdered, I don't think people would fully understand what I mean, but now the world has been able to see that Minnesota is racist as hell. And so despite the fact that I've worked in the industry 12 years, two Emmy nominations, I've worked in multiple markets, I have a college degree, they told me I didn't have enough experience, but yet still I serve on boards. As a professional, I serve on boards, uh, Minnesota Society of Professional Journalists, Twin Cities, Media Alliance. And through a lot of networking, I mean, I've met some of the producers at these mainstream stations. And one in particular is a white man who is in college and he commutes from St. Cloud on the, he's the weekend producer. So he'll commute, um, you know, he'll go back to St. Cloud for the week. And then on Friday, he comes up to the cities and he clocks in. And so for me to you know network and meet individuals like that it's a slap in the face and it's it's very apparent that you know, their hiring practices are discriminatory because here you have a white man who has no college degree yet, no absolutely, no experience in the industry. and yet and still you can find a slot for him on the weekend. And here I am, 12 years into my career, two Emmy nominations. and and you can't you can't find an overnight slot. You can't find a freelance position, you can't find nothing. Uh, so mm. I I kind of leaned into, remember when Tyler Perry said, if they won't give you a seat at the table, make your own. So when you say, what is it that you're doing? That's what I'm doing. I'm just making my own table because I'm tired of playing their game. I'm tired of trying to conform. And and now I can call out all their bullshit. You know, uh, yeah. when I was working in in mainstream media, I didn't have a choice on how I wanted mm. to wear my hair. I had to wear my hair straight every single day. And it's extremely damaging when you're an African-American woman and you have to heat your hair multiple times a day. And I remember one day, not that I was trying to be defiant or rebellious, uh, because I really loved my job at the time. Uh, but I actually had like a flat tire. I was having a bad day and I ran out of time. I just didn't have time to straighten my hair. And so I came into work with my hair curly and they pulled me aside and they're like, um, yeah, you don't have our permission to change your image. You signed a contract that said uh, that you would maintain the same image that we hired you with. And if you show up to work like this again, you will be reprimanded. No. Mm. And so uh, now there's some laws to protect, you know, situations like that from happening. But the industry has set a standard that black women should conform to the European standard of beauty. And it's Mm. caused so many self-worth issues, self-confident issues and even uh, financial issues black women running out here mm-hmm. spending four hundred dollars on hair you know uh trying right. to get their hair done every other week uh, so right. i mean and and it, it, go, it goes way deeper than imaging you know when you talk about mainstream media i remember covering an officer involved shooting and i had exclusive interviews with the family with the mother i was the first to break the story after it happened and when I got back to the newsroom, my news director asked me to go pull, as a development on the story, go pull the criminal history of the man who was shot. And mm. the man who was shot, number one, I could not refer to as a victim. You'll never hear a person who shot by police referred to as a victim. Uh, But I was asked Mm. to go find his criminal history. And so my only card and my only line of defense at that time as a journalist who really wants to advocate for my people and portray us Mm. in a better light, my only card was, okay, well then, to keep the story neutral and unbiased and balanced, I'm also going to go pull the history of the cop. Twelve pages of Mm. complaints. Four of them are racial profiling. But guess what? It never made the five o'clock news. And so it's stuff like that, that continues to perpetuate false narratives and you know negative ideologies of who we are as a people. It's, it's situations like that, that continue to uphold white supremacy. You know, that cop got painted out to be a hero and that black brother ended up looking like a criminal and a thug. And it's not because that officer has a clean record or is any better of a human being than that black man. It's simply because of decisions, editorial decisions that are made in newsrooms all across America to regurgitate police narratives. And so for me, I know that I can't be this forward and aggressive Mm -hmm. about changing the narrative working for mainstream media and so i finally made a decision within myself that i don't want to work for them anymore that i won't allow them to control my voice to omit truth from the things that come out of my mouth but hey if y'all want to hire me as a freelancer and let me pop on your platform i'll definitely do so as long as i retain control and ownership of the thing right. that i'm creating but i don't want to be an employee of any of these networks anymore uh because they have some serious deep-rooted systematic issues that they need to filter out of the the fabric of their company culture
0: they are full of shit. i'll say it for you we're gonna get into more of just how full of shit they are when we come back with georgia ford right here with our fusion If you want to check out some of our films, you can do so at Patreon.com slash King B. And as always, King B's Raw Fusion podcast is sponsored by TheIndieCity.com. If you like independent artists or independent products, or you're just independent like me, check out TheIndieCity.com. T-H-E-I-N-D-Y-C-I-T-Y. Com. Raw Fusion A lot of people don't understand why I'm still in Chicago A lot of people don't understand why I made the moves that I made You know, me having my TV show on PBS was great You know, one of the reasons it was great is because I owned the show I did much of the things that you said you did I had a half hour show a week So I had to do all that stuff every week And that's another reason that I got the hell out of there, man I mean, it's just, you really don't have a life. You just don't have a life. It's all TV. You're in pre-production for one show, production on another show, post-production on another show, all in the same week until the season is over, just basically. And people don't understand. Now, I wasn't in the position that you were in uh, where people were telling me what to do. I mean, we had conversations on, 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 on things with the brass, but for the most part, I did what I wanted to do. And then they would have to convince me first that, if I was going in a direction that probably, and they were probably right, and it was only one time. Maybe I'll talk about that later, but for the most part, I did what I wanted to do. They were great. Most of the time, it's not that sweet, and people are being told what to do. When we look at the political arena, that's why a lot of my views politically are different from a lot of our people, and you still may not agree with me, even if you're not influenced, but I know the truth, and the truth is, that most of these stations are controlled by Democrats. And if you come up with any kind of narrative that doesn't support the candidate that they are supporting, yeah, you're not gonna have a long time there. That's big because they try to put out certain things that supports the candidates when it's supposed to be neutral. That goes along with saying what you were saying. If you are reporting the news, you should be, in my opinion, neutral. If you are going to do an opinion show, that's different. But if you are reporting the news, report the goddamn news and leave your opinion out of it. And all too often, even if it's not the reporter or the anchor, it's some producer somewhere telling you, okay, we need you to do this, you're supposed to do this. And that is because they are supporting, whether it's the owners or, um, or their own political positions on certain issues. I'm glad that that you were able to come on and say what's really going on behind the scenes because they know how much influence they have. Let's be frank, we tell people what to do all the time in TV, we just do. That is the reason why people spend so much money on advertising Mm -hmm. because we're telling you, go buy this, go buy that. And people say, ah, it doesn't work, bullshit. That's the reason why they spend millions of dollars a year because we're telling people what to do. I'm sorry you brought up you brought up that dude dressing up in a dress. I'm sorry. I appreciate the business mm-hmm. that he's done, but that bullshit about guys and dresses, you know, it, it, ten years ago. What, however you feel about it, 10, 15 years ago, guys and dresses was not acceptable. Then this guy shows up, and everybody's laughing, it's joking, it's playing. Next thing, you, and I saw it coming. I said, "See, this is this is where the bullshit starts." And now. Oh, let him dress up in the dress. Matter of fact, let's let's put the little boy in a dress. Oh, is not that cute? Woo woo woo. See, we're telling you what to do. We're telling you what's acceptable, you know. If you don't like gay people, now you're ostracized. 10, 15 years ago, if you were gay, you were ostracized. Now, I don't think the gay people should be beaten up or or whatever. I thought that was tragic when it would happen. But at the same time, you shouldn't be teaching little kids, in my opinion, anything sexual, let alone and quote-unquote un- alternative lifestyle because it, it has to do with sex. Kids, leave that out of it, you know? And they're pushing towards that. Then there's the reports about people, you know, in Hollywood that are involved in the pedophilia and things of that nature. Come on, man. And, and people, and I see people now saying there's no way in hell we're gonna normalize that. But I saw people 10, 15 years ago saying, we're not gonna normalize gay people. So we have to be careful because you may have some pedophile somewhere who is quiet, you know, but he's running a news station. He's producing a television show. And next thing you know, that shit's gonna creep in. Ellen lost her job because she came out as gay. 10, 15 years later, she's one of the biggest people on TV. So that's how powerful this medium is. And people don't get it. You're in people's home every night, um, every day, uh, once a week, whatever it is. They think they know you and they don't know anything about you. And if you continue to say something because they feel like they know you, hey, well, maybe I should change my opinion on this. Psychologically, they're doing something back there and they know how much power they have. So if they're going to say, uh, we want to keep ourselves in line with the cop, so we're going to skew this thing, this bullshit, it's thugs, you know, these uh, little code words they say, you know, these thugs, these animals, these, you know. But then when the cops do something there, stand up cops, you know, uh, we should support the cops and all this bullshit, even when they're wrong. Yeah, I'm not against cops. I've got cops as friends, but there's no way in hell that you're gonna tell me that anywhere in business, anywhere, there aren't some bad ones. And when you align yourself with the bad ones, it makes you kind of bad. And that kind of thing goes on every single day in the newsrooms across America. I see it because I'm in the business. A lot of other people don't see it and think I'm just being paranoid or bullshitting or I have an agenda. I do have an agenda and my and agenda is for me and my people period but it may not coincide with what you think it should because you have been influenced by the media right you know and and it's so the news is so disgusting to me now because at some point it was about getting the story getting the story right and being somewhat neutral and presenting the facts i think maybe you know maybe yeah, before I, I was born but yeah, now I, it's all bullshit yeah and i I
1: think about that a lot too just about like what it used to be and was the intent of repair but when when i think about the inception of media and i think about blackface i feel like we since the inception of media have been falsely portrayed negatively portrayed and so I I don't know if the intent was ever pure, if the intent was ever to you know fully get the story uh, right, um, you know maybe by individual journalists, but even going back mm-hmm. to like this is a business, you know there's a saying in news, if it bleeds, it leads. It
0: leads. Yep.
1: When you do positive yep. stories, and your ratings go down. Why would you keep doing positive stories, you know? And that's why people say, oh, you know, I hate the news. I never see nothing good on the news. You never see nothing good on the news because it's been eliminated from the newscast because it doesn't perform well. And at the end of the day, it's a business. It's just like, if I sold uh, a red bag of Skittles and a yellow bag of Skittles and people bought the red one more, why would I keep making the yellow one if the red one sells more? It's a business. They do what makes them money. They don't do the right thing, you know? And I also recently after the murder of George Floyd and seeing how that whole thing unfolded through the media, but then also being on the ground here in the Twin Cities in St. Paul, Minneapolis, and seeing how it unfolded in real life. The first, and you can go back and search this, the first narrative that was published was that George Floyd died of medical complications during an altercation with police. Mm. He did not die of medical complications and that has been proven by an independent investigator.
0: It was a medical complication. His foot was someone's foot was on his neck (laughs) and he couldn't breathe. That's a medical complication.
1: (laughs) Well well, what the police were saying was that he had a health issue (laughs) and the health issue is what caused him to die but clearly we all saw the video we are all witnesses and we all know what happened and and we know that that it's not true that the cause of death was an underlying health issue. Um, you know, but because of the way the, the media system works, meaning the police department, every police department in America has a public information officer. That is the person Mm -hmm. who has been hired by the department to be the designated person who communicates with the media under any circumstances. And so the process is that they write a press release whenever something occurs to inform all of the media uh, of what happened uh, with details. And nine times out of 10, that information is not questioned. I I really want to say 10 times out of 10, but I want to give some people the benefit of the doubt. But Mm -hmm. typically that information is copied and pasted into a a web script that goes out to the world to see. A lot of times Mm -hmm. that information is copied and pasted into an anchor script, which is then read and broadcasted to anyone who has access to that network. And so journalism is supposed to be something that is objective. It's supposed to be something that, you know, and what it boils down to is is that police and other state agencies and other government agencies have been put into a category of trusted, credible sources. And so journalists are not required to do any additional investigation or, or fact checking anytime that they receive information from a state agency or a police department. And so that information yeah. is just assumed to be accurate and true. When oftentimes we have seen over the course of the history of our country that state agencies have lied and shared false information to cover their asses, that police departments mm-hmm. do the same thing. And so instead of the media keeping its integrity intact and identifying that, that government agencies have a history of publishing information that is not always accurate and saying, hey, let's be objective about this information the same way that we're objective about sources from the community, the same way when a Black person walks up and says, hey, here's a tip, you have to go and vet it. Well, vet these state agencies, vet these government agencies, vet what the police are saying, have some processes in place to not always take their word. You could look back at like, you know, what happened to the Tuskegee Airmen. There's documentation that was issued to cover up all of those facts, Mm -hmm. you know? And and so Mm -hmm. over, over the course of American history, we have seen, you know, state, sanctioned agencies, government agencies uh, continue to produce communications that are shared with media entities uh, that are just false and and cover up the wrongdoing and the harm that they have caused to communities of color. And um, until the media industry can rectify that And treat government agencies' communications with the same diligence that they treat information that comes from the community, until that can be balanced and fair, until that process can be the same, and they vet their information the same way they vet our information, we're going to continue to have unbalanced reporting and and so that's right. why when you talk about the inception of media and and was the intent there to be balanced? It may have been, but come on, there were so many red flags uh, decades ago that you can't trust all of these sources that you choose not to vet.
0: I, I don't I don't believe that it was every time right. I, I, I don't. I think there was more of uh, what I was saying with that is, is that I think there was more of uh, get to the story, and tell the story without all of the commentary. Although, you're right, now that I think about mm-hmm. it, they probably mm-hmm. didn't even do that right. But here's the problem, and that's why independent media is so important. Hopefully, if you have if you have someone with integrity, they'll try to get it right, and they'll be able to get it right. But when you talk about mainstream media, quote unquote, here's the problem, the government, for all this bullshit about free speech, still, has to grant them a license to be on television or radio. As long as they have the power to pull that license, are you really gonna get the real truth? I mean, just think about it for a second. If the government government really thought that you were giving so much information out to the public, that it was a, a point of national security, well, at least they could say it was, would they get a license again? Their whole station could be pulled. The government still has the power to pull it, yeah, you can go off on, on Trumpy boy, because a lot of people don't like him. You can go off on one individual, but if you start exposing systematic racism throughout the entire government, it quote unquote, if it exists, <laughs> do you know how easy it is for them to pull their license? I do And so you have to think about that. If you have to bullshit about free speech and free media. How free is it when you have to get a license from the government in order to do it?
1: Yeah, that's real.
0: They want you to stop driving. They just pull your driver's license. Now, you'll probably drive anyway, but if you get caught, you know, there's consequences. In media, they can pull your license and you just won't be on television anymore. And they can do it. They have the power to do it. Look at look at JFK. You know how long it took for that, that information to come out? and it's still kind of iffy and bullshitting about it. Why? Because it implicates the president being in on the murder of another one, a vice president at the time, being in on the murder with the mob on another one. How long did it take for that to come out? Years. You know why? At this point, it, it doesn't matter. Oh, it's a cool, juicy story, you know. But then at the time, what would that have done to the national security? Anybody that probably had that information then, license would have been pulled if they put that out there. Easy. Easy. Then you have the goddamn FCC that sits over all the shit that comes out. So that's why independent media is important. The problem with independent media is, well, if you don't have a history in mainstream media or you don't have the resources to vet things, you could just be some guy bullshitting or woman sitting out here bullshitting and saying whatever the hell they want to say. Free speech, but is it true? Right. So now it becomes even more hard for the people to vet, and most people aren't gonna vet this type of information. So this is the problem that we have. I don't believe we have a free media. No damn well we don't have free speech. And so, how do we fix that when the government controls the media?
1: I mean, I I, I don't know if we can fully fix that system, but what I see happening, and what I'm certainly working towards, is creating alternatives to that system. And so with the the shift in social media and the development of technology, less and less people are watching newscasts and they're becoming less relevant. We just had two newspapers uh close close their doors this week, actually, in the cities here, and so uh,
0: uh, it's because people don't read.
1: Yeah, yeah. Print, <laughs> print is uh, industry Dead. that is dying. Uh, news, I believe, traditional television newscasts, uh, you know, could definitely um, be at risk of of dying as well. Because I don't know if two generations after us, if they will be interested in consuming information the way that we did and the way that our grandparents did you know, social media you know, has changed the game, media consumption, uh, the duration of media consumption is down. And so you see entities like Quibi that are popping up and changing the, the format. Traditional yeah. television format, you have a 30 minute show and a 60 minute show. And those are broken up yeah. with, you know, two to four uh, commercial breaks. In between. Mm -hmm. And so from a a production standpoint, you know that you don't actually have to uh, produce a full 30 minute show. You minus the amount of time that the commercials, uh, you know, take up and then you cut up your episode into, you know, a couple of uh, little bits. And if you're smart and you know the placement of where those commercial breaks are gonna go, you're gonna leave a cliffhanger right before you go to commercial break that's gonna require your audience to stay around to see the resolve after the commercial break if you're a good producer right but on social media because that's not how social media works and because everybody's watching stuff on youtube you like quibi quibi is saying hey we're not even gonna do that we're gonna reduce our episodes the episode isn't even 30 minutes anymore an episode is like eight minutes and that's long that's considered long form to younger generations who are they are you know on TikTok you know, and all of these other platforms that are 60 second snippets of life. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I think that, yeah, the FCC definitely controls, you know, the airwaves and television broadcasting, uh, but we're seeing more leniency on XM. We're definitely seeing uh, leniency online. And I think that it's only a matter of time before, the online platforms end up outdoing, outperforming and and reaching a wider audience than the traditional platforms. And
0: I think they're doing it already. Yeah.
1: And when you even think about your capacity, FM radio, AM radio and television broadcasts are typically limited to who they can reach because of Mm -hmm. a signal. And so they can only service a geographical area that has a set population. When you publish online, when you publish digitally to the world wide mm-hmm. web, you have the power to reach the entire globe, or at least anyone who has access to internet and uh, internet compatible device. So mm-hmm. you you have the potential to reach far more people um, and, and therefore can be a much more powerful tool. But I do think that the government is in the process of trying to figure out a better way to limit and oversee and control uh, these platforms as, as well. Uh, they haven't done that successfully yet, but I mean, you raise a very, very valid point of, you know, traditional platforms being predominantly controlled by uh, government entities and The other thing I I thought about when I was listening to you talk was, you know, you you mentioned like free press and and freedom of speech, which is protected under uh, the the First Amendment. And uh, Mm -hmm. during the uprising, you know, witnessing the reporter, uh, the CNN reporter Omar be arrested here in Minneapolis while Mm -hmm. he was reporting live on the air for CNN, which is one of the most well-known and respected uh, news outlets in the world and to see him arrested while his white counterparts were holding the camera you know and nothing happened to them mm-hmm. it, it was um it was really eye-opening to you know for me as as a, a journalist of color in this time thinking that what i do is protected under the constitution and seeing that because of the color of your skin, that can be questioned.
0: Here's the thing: if you haven't seen her, right? Because they they have this color thing. She is light, bright. Okay, so it, it doesn't matter. You can be dark, light. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, that's not going to give you a pass. She's still going through a lot of bullshit, and because of the color of her skin, So we can, we gotta stop this light dark. Bullshit, you know what I mean? Uh, if you are considered a certain color, they don't see the difference. We may sometimes, but they don't see the difference. The other thing is this yes, they are trying to. Uh, I think net neutrality was one of the first steps. These people plan years ahead, you know, so they have a plan already in place. They just have to wait for the right time. You know, even when we get down to things of the new world order, we can. The first Bush was talking about the new world order. Now we're getting to digital currency, which is one of the steps towards the new world order, in my opinion, simply because when they get to digital currency so well to where they're starting to talk about, oh, we don't need paper money anymore. Well, now it's just the next step to first controlling and knowing exactly where every dollar you spend goes and what you do. Tracking, you can't go off the grid if they if they do that, you just can't. Then, well, since we're on digital, let's make it all one, like Bitcoin or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Let's just make it. A, let's make it a, a a global currency. Well, now once the money goes there, the control does too. And part of it is is that America has to go down in order for a new world order to go up. And that's why we're seeing the decline of America. A lot of people don't see that, you know, because they're not looking for it. They're not being told to look for it. It's important to realize what's really going on. These people, again, they don't they don't plan like we do. We plan five years ahead, ten if we're really into it. They plan decades ahead. You know, look at these presidents. They come in, and they make orders that won't kick in until after they leave. That goes to show you what's going on. You know, and and we have to wake up and start seeing what's going on not only your business and I, uh, my business but in the world you know there's a lot of bullshit happening right now and we are stuck upon race why to distract us but we are not going to allow ourselves to be distracted but we are going to take a break and we'll be back in the meantime make sure you check out Georgia at GeorgiaFort.com on social media Georgia Fort or by Georgia Fort and we'll be back more of Georgia, right here on Raw Fusion. The IndyCity.com. If you like independent clothing brands, independent art, or just things that are independent, then check out the There's clothing, art, and more, all right there at theindiecity.com. TheIndyCity.com T H E I N D Y C I T Y dot com. The IndyCity.com is a proud sponsor of the King Bee Raw Fusion podcast. If you love Raw Fusion and you want more, go to TheIndieCity.com, click the King be'es Raw Fusion link, and subscribe for the exclusive content. For just $5 a month, you can get your VIP pass for exclusive content, the secrets and such, right there at TheIndieCity.com. Raw fusion. When everything went down in Minnesota, yeah, I looked at some mainstream media. Very little though, and and, and I don't know why CNN is respected, they're a bunch of idiots. Sorry, but they are. I didn't, I didn't really look at mainstream media as much. I went on Facebook and I looked at the lives, the live broadcasts or whatever you wanna call it, from people on the ground. So when it came with this bullshit about the people just started looting and started this and started that, I had already seen that the cops had started shooting the tear gas and the rubber bullets and all that shit at people when they were being peaceful. I saw peaceful people protesting, and yeah, they were yelling and calling names and all that kind of shit, again, free speech. The first instance of violence I saw on the live, and I watched several, was from the police. So the bullshit narrative that CNN and the others came up with, I didn't believe because I saw it live. And I'm talking about, I didn't just pop in for five minutes. I sat there, turned the TV, the rest of the shit off, and just watched those lives for hours. Because I wanted to see what was going on. For real, and I do not trust mainstream media anymore. Not saying that I really did, but after my experiences being in the back rooms, <laughs> those people, are biased. And I call out CNN, MSNBC is another one. They are just clearly biased. And if you listen to anything they say, really, seriously, Fox News is another one, they're on the other side and they're clearly biased. And you can't really listen to anything they say either. I don't even know of one that is really, really neutral. They all pick sides. Well, the 24 hour news cycle networks. Here's the thing, we have to wake up and we have to demand more. Just like you said, if people are buying the red M&M's or Skittles, why in the hell would you sell the yellow ones? You know, being a, a, a film director myself, I struggle with this issue. The things I want to do, and I have to, before I do it, think, will I make my money back on this? I mean, I, I will write anything. But when it comes time to what I'm going to produce that I've written, yeah, it's this going to bring money or not is the question. I had to put on two hats. I had to put on the artist hat and just be free and and do what I love and you know just explore. Then I had to put on the business hat because whose money is being put up for this? Mine. You know, I don't have a team of investors never really wanted that because simply if they're they're putting up the money, guess who has the control? So we have to think about what we are consuming. What are we allowing people to program us with you know the brain is like a computer it can be hacked and what are we going to allow what are we going to watch what are we going to support with our dollars or our time you know at at some point we have to realize that because the people on the other end where we are we have to think about that at some point we just do you know if we want to eat and be able to continue to do what we do, we have to think about that at some point. You know, it's great that people are running around and, and they're able to give their perspective and their point of view on several different things. But if you're going to make this a career, if you're going to be able to debt, unless you're independently wealthy, unless you're going to be if you're going to be able to dedicate yourself to this, the question has to be, will this sell? Are we going to get the views that we need? Are we going to be, be able to get the advertising? You know, that's the part that we didn't even talk about. Hell with FCC and and the government. If you can't get any advertisers, you're not getting paid, you know, for most of this shit. I mean, if you have like a subscription-based business, but most of those are movies and things of that nature. We're talking about news. Hey, if everyone pulls their advertising away from you, what do you have? No show. So, I mean, this system is great or the potential to be great, but there are too many things that will corrupt this system and I don't I don't know if I see a way out of that
1: yeah absolutely I think accountability is a form of love and definitely necessary uh, to move the industry forward
0: Georgia Ford I love this conversation yeah me too thank you I'm so, I'm so happy I know you got other things to do than talk to me all day so I gotta I'm gonna let you go but I, I, I am so appreciative we kind of changed the format today usually we have a hot topic question and a lot of different things and and uh, it's you. You're the hot topic today. <laughs>
1: well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate
0: it. I appreciate it as well. And thank you for coming on. And continue to with everything that you're doing. Go check her out. Definitely. You just want to see her. She is, she's a looker, I tell you. But then listen to what she has to say and what she's doing. And that's why I was so excited. You know, I, I've seen a lot of beautiful women in my life being a photographer. I am so happy when the beauty on the inside matches the beauty on the outside maybe even supersedes the beauty on the outside and the intelligence I'm just that that's what excited me about having you on the show thanks georgia thanks king it's time to talk some shit with king b on the king b's raw fusion podcast brought to you by the what are we prepared to do Because the only people that are going to change this is us as consumers. You know, I'm on one side, but I'm on the other. I still watch TV, watch a lot of it because it's part of my business and and because I enjoy it. So what are we prepared to do? Are we prepared to turn off the shit that offends us? Do we even know that we're being offended? People are cattle. I've heard that so many times. You know, we tell them what to do and they're going to do it. This is the attitude in the back rooms. Of many of these um, media outlets. That's really what it comes down to. That's the reason why we can talk about drugs. We can talk about drugs. We can talk about murder. We can talk about violence against women and get away with it. Why? That just amazes me. How is it that we make celebrities out of these people and then they go on to do commercials and have TV shows and all this stuff behind criminality? what are our kids gonna look like in this environment? And and, and, and of course we can talk about parenting and things of that nature, but at some point your kid goes out of the house and at some point they're being influenced some kind of way by their environment. So even if you do a hell of a job parenting your child, what are the other influences that they're gonna have to deal with? At some point we have to start thinking about what are we allowing to influence not only ourselves but the next generation, the generation after that. And if we're at this point now, what's 50 years going to look like? What 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 is our community going to look like in 50 years? And what are we doing now to change the trajectory? Because right now we're on a, a downward spiral. And what are we doing? What are we doing with the power that we have? We've got to stop thinking about ourselves so much. And what can we do moving forward to make a better world for those that come after us? I'm King B and this is Raw Fusion. Raw Fusion!